Hey everyone, John and Andrew here. Welcome to the podcast. On today's episode, Reaching the Mountaintop. Transported by music. And just do something. This is Obstacle Course. Uh, let's go. John, we had Jesse Roper in the oh, studio today. the Rope-ster. The Rope Show. Yeah, no, it was a fantastic conversation. So much energy in the room. And just, just like he has on stage. He, and we talked about that a little bit because... He's not typically like a hugely extroverted guy, no, but no, no. the stage presence is a real thing. And we talked about how he had big time stage fright and anxiety about even going on stage before he became the, which the entertainer. Which is insane because if you've seen him perform, which yeah. I know you have, Andrew, he's yeah. just like a different being almost. He's yeah. Just... Well, he's so lively and engaging and that draws a lot of people in and is, is part of his, his charm. Um I, I wanted to talk a little bit about live music. We're in a time now where live music is basically outlawed, at least in you know in BC here. A lot of places, there's not many gatherings going on, so that means not a lot, a lot of live music. And I, for one, sorely miss it. Oh, I sure. love being at shows, especially in the outdoors and the beautiful time of year. We didn't really have that. I did have the opportunity to see Jesse Roper play at the Breakwater Tasting Room, which was a really nice experience in an intimate setting. Socially, uh, socially distance, of course. Um, but any uh, any memories of a really incredible live music experience that come to mind for you, John? Literally just last month, man. Angie and I were in Victoria for our anniversary, our 23rd. And uh, we just strolled up to uh, Government Street right outside of the Irish Times pub. And there's tables out there now. Yeah. And there was a father-son. We believe there's father-son that were just uh, singing... And they were so magnetic and and just authentic in the way they were presenting the songs that we literally we had just eaten we had we sat down bought a beer bought some food just so we could be in that moment and take it in and for the next half an hour I mean we just watched many other people who were obviously just walking by to go do something else but that became the thing that they did they sat down got a table and it's just the power of when you when you experience a real authentic um, performance or piece of music you're drawn right in and you want to pull up a table and uh, i'm sure jesse has the same effect on people yeah absolutely i mean that is the why we gravitate towards art and music song storytelling so much is it it resonates with us somewhere deep inside um, a memory that I had, uh, a bit of a different one from yours, but um, it, it was at Rock the Shores, which Jesse has played, uh, and it was a few years ago now, but uh, Edward Sharp and the Magnetic Zeros were on stage, and they, like a nine-piece band or something, they're, yeah. they're just incredible performers, and it was a beautiful sunny day, and I was with a few friends, and my brother, and uh, I was like, I really wanted to crowd surf, I'd never crowd surfed, <laughs> and I was like, boost me up, guys, boost me up, they're like, no. No, 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 no. I was like, no, come on, come on. They're like, you may get kicked out or something. Or like, just don't, no, it's not a good idea. What if you fall? I was like, I'm doing this. And so it kicked <laughs> off my flip-flops. I don't even think it was them who boosted me up. Somebody boosted me up and they were playing one of their best songs. And I just remember like being on top of the crowd, floating up to the front of the stage. And it was just the inc- most incredible feeling in the world. And the band was amazing. And I did... Th- there's a couple pictures with me, just no shirt, no shoes, just shorts and on top of the Hopefully crowd. Hopefully I had pants, because that'd be the most awkward part of crowd just, service. Just shorts. Yeah, I don't think it would work well. No, it um, wouldn't. Maybe at the right venue. But uh, yeah, it was a, a, 
an amazing memory and, and just that energy from live music we are sorely missing. But hopefully, people, we can give you a little bit of that energy today because this conversation is, is so fun and energetic and uh, it just flies along and, and Jesse hits all the all the boxes. It's, it's a great one and, and you really get to know him even better. Yeah, when we finished recording, I looked at Andrew and said, that might be my favorite one. And you know what? I probably say that after every episode <laughs> because I just love doing this. But yeah. this this has it all, folks. Um, Jesse, he is so authentic, and he just he just. I felt like I you know paid to you know sit and and watch him watch him perform, and it wasn't even a performance. That's a thing. Like it was, he's he just got that magnetism because he's so real, and that's mm-hmm. what people are attracted to. Totally. They're attracted to authenticity. He's also a great social media follow. Uh, at Jesse Roper official on Instagram. He puts out hilarious gardening videos (laughs) all the time. What's in my garden, man. (laughs) And, uh, they're, they're fantastic. They're really engaging at jesseroper.ca as well as where you can keep track of when he might be performing again. So follow him on, on Facebook and social media and, uh, enjoy this conversation. Everybody, this is uh, it's a treat. Welcome to the podcast, Jesse Roper. We're excited to have you. Um, yeah, I actually saw you play uh, pretty recently here. We're, we're in a, a crazy time for, for any sort of live events. I had the opportunity to see you play. It was actually really refreshing. What was that? At Brick, Brickwater. Oh, right on. Yeah. Cool. Um, and it was just, it felt so normal and real being at a live show. Like yeah. it's it's something that I've always loved to do, especially in the summer, especially outdoors. I've seen you at Rock the Shores, and it's just a, a great, great experience. So thank you for for getting out there and, and bringing people what they love in the in the community because it is no problem, man. Yeah, it's yeah. I, I got a small addiction to it, so <laughs> I, yeah, we can bet I'll do it again. Great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll, I'll be there if I can. Um, but we wanted to start on it in a bit of a different place rather than music because I, I know a lot of the conversation is going to be about music and about. Sure. What it's what it what it is to be a performer and and to to speak to the community, but we know you also love nature and outdoors and mountains. And yeah. I I wanted to ask your experience. We know you've climbed some mountains recently, and and it's a big part of of how you relax and and experience life fully. Yeah. But can you just describe the experience in your own words of of reaching a mountain top? I heard you just did the Golden Hind. Is that right? Yeah. Oh my gosh, I'm so jealous. I just did Aerosmith for the first time. Oh, good for you. Yeah, and yeah. it's amazing. And I went back like five days later and did it again. The Judge's route, amazing. Oh. Yeah, Judge's route, right on. Amazing. And when I got to the top, there's a ton of people up there. You oh, find your community, bad. right? Yeah, I guess. And so. I'm like, what's the next one? And they're all like, well, you could try the Golden Hind. And and then I was like, all right, I want to look into that. The so, Hind's a biggie, man. It's tell a, me a little bit more than Aerosmith. Like, I don't know if you're just getting into it. Sure, do the Hind. But like, do Albert Edward or like some like build them ups because yeah, the hind was actually like harder than I expected it to be, and it's all like you know if, if you decide you can do it then you will. But um, <laughs> it's a I didn't realize yeah, yeah it was a multi day yeah. we did it in three, and I didn't realize like how hard the first day would be just getting <laughs> yeah. to the lake, and uh, so I got to the top of the ridge after this big huge climb. And you're already up at the top of that. I think you're at like 5,600 feet. Wow. And, uh, and you're looking down the ridge to the lake, and there's, there's a golden hind in the distance. And, like, it's a long way, but you're like, or personally, 
I'm usually an optimist. And I was like, hey, we're pretty well there. Like, we're going to be camping in a couple hours. This is great. And at the point, um, like, we were really high, so the bugs weren't bad at that point either. But it took us, like, we were only, like, halfway at best. And we'd already uh-huh. covered a huge, a huge amount of, you know, uphill and downhill. And now, with, like, after that, you go up and then down and then up and then down. And it's, like, it's... uh. It's pretty tiring, and there's not exactly a trail. Yeah, no. it's just like a bunch of goat paths. And folks did, did you go up from Marble Meadows um, above Bottle Lake? There, did you go? Did you come in the other way? I I did. Uh, was it from the end of the mine up Phillips Ridge? Okay, yeah, because yeah. the Phillips Ridge Trail. Because yeah, I was up there in July, my partner and I. Yeah, but, uh, and we climbed Mount McBride, which looks across. Oh, at I want to do that so bad. It's incredible. Yeah, but again, like the first day is just getting up to the meadows, like getting up into the Alpine. Yeah, and that's you know, a twelve hundred meter climb just to get up to that level. And then the next day we did did McBride, and it was like, yeah, no trail, crazy terrain like over climbing over uh like sheets of ice that are like vertical um it's it's gnarly up there yeah yeah i know it's beautiful yeah yeah i definitely want to do mcbride mcbride's like and it's right across from the hind too so it's just a spectacular view of one or the other (laughs) yeah yeah the hind was sick though and it wasn't too we got to the top and there was one party up there and then they left and we kind of got it for Nice. You know, you know, we could have stayed up there longer, but we oh, yeah. had it to ourselves at least for a little bit there, and cool. took it all in. And it's the sweetest view on the island. Like oh, you, sure. you have no clear cuts no. surrounding mm-hmm. you, and if you've no. gone anywhere on the island and got to any height, it's it's kind of shocking almost how much the island is logged. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, there's none of that. You just have like pristine Wolf River Valley down oh, below yeah. you, and you know on the other side you can look right into Gold River, and yeah, it's all just frosted mountaintops and, and trees and wilderness and beautiful lakes and i'm in like i feel like you're inviting andrew and i to come with you so <laughs> when are we gonna do that again yeah, oh, good. yeah i'm in it yeah, was like, killer i would love love to try it yeah and it's funny you know as part of your story you you talked about getting to a point where you're like okay we must be almost there yeah i feel like that's every hike you get, no, totally. you get to a point where you're like i think the summit's probably just 20 minutes and then you, it, that's what they call the false the fall summit and yeah, it's totally. just like oh fuck it's it's now hours and i feel like there's a bit of a metaphor to life in there somewhere yeah, yeah. well I'll, but, I'll frame it in a bit of a question yes do you do the hike to reach the mountaintop or do you do it for the experience and and is that relatable to kind of uh, your both, experience i guess of- I, mean, I yeah i can't help but want to get to the top of something I've always, um, as soon as I got into hiking uh, a lot, it was to go to a destination, to a viewpoint of some thing. And then, so mountaintops are easy. You know, you get to the top and then you see everything around you and it's it's awesome. When I went to Ontario when I was younger, I was leaving BC for the first time, really. And uh, like I'd gone on some trips and whatnot, but I'd never gone anywhere to live. And I uh, thought, well, I wonder what I'll miss more, the ocean or the mountains. And it was by far the mountains. Hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I can't stand flat places. It me crazy. I go to... Man, don't live in Saskatchewan. I know. Then. I know you just went there. <laughs> you know what? I worked in Saskatchewan. And uh, if there was a coulee to work in, I was in the winter yeah. doing seismic survey, trying to pay for my albums. And uh, if there was a coulee to get down into, I was all over that because there was right. at least some contour yeah. and like yeah. water at the bottom. Contour. Yeah. And the animals hung out in there too. <laughs> yeah. So, Go hang yeah. out with them, get away from the people. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah. And the wind, yeah. no wind in the coulee. Right. So, I was always the coulee guy. Oh, man. But yeah, yeah. contours. I love getting up high and seeing things. It makes mm-hmm. my day. But yeah, it's uh, it's the journey. It's it's all of it. Like I, 
it was really good for me this year because uh, I hadn't done a backpacking trip in a couple of years. I just haven't really had the time. My, my schedule is always all over the place. I never know where my money's coming from, when it's going to get to me, uh, where I'm going to be. I, some of these gigs are like, okay, we need you here tomorrow. So you got to pack up and get going. And I never say no. Yeah, and we appreciate you coming today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no problem. Uh, but yeah, so it's hard to plan anything, yeah, especially a backpacking sure. trip where you know where you're going to be gone for a little while. And the guy I went with, he's kind of a hardcore individual. He he saw an a interview I did where I was flying around in this plane. The guys asked me questions. Yeah, yeah I heard about yeah. that. It's really good. It was cool. Yeah, I haven't watched it, but I uh, oh, you should. I I know he told me the same <laughs> you, thing. You were great. <laughs> oh, good. I was having fun. I mean, flying the plane was really neat. But uh, that would be. I, yeah. God. So we were flying over the Golden Hind, and I had had a buddy who I really looked up to and respected, uh, had climbed it a couple times and many of those mountains and then had died when we were younger. Mm. And I was just starting mm. to get into mountain climbing with him. Mm. And so I always figured we'd do these things. And then, you know, it was kind of one of those things where I've never met anybody as enthusiastic to that kind of stuff as he was. Yeah. And so I tend to do this, do this stuff on my own. And mm. uh, GoldenEye, I just hadn't done it yet. And I really didn't even know how to get there. <laughs> so, yeah, his uncle Chris has done, you know, more than anybody. He's, he's quite the guy. And uh, so he got a hold of me. He saw the interview. He heard about it on the queue. Got a hold of me on my, uh, my like, Facebook page and was like, if you want to climb this mountain, let's go. And then he came out to my house, I think, to give me, like, a physical look-over assessment. Cause, you know, see if I was hardcore or off or serious. Yeah, yeah see if I was chubby or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I think I passed that. I knew it, too, because I know this family really well. They're like, you're under the scrutiny for sure. They don't say it, though. But uh, yeah. he's a good guy, though. No, but, awesome. uh, but, yeah, I, he's like, it's hard. Like, it'll take us five hard days. And I was like, yeah, I'm ready. Let's do it. I stay in shape all year. He's like, okay, it's five hard days. I'm like, all right. So right before we go, he's like, it's three hard days. And I'm like, I thought it was five. He's like, we're doing it in three yeah. hard days. <laughs> okay, let's go. So I was playing like a little side gig the night before. And uh, so I got to his house at 11. And I went to bed probably 11.30 or something like that. And then uh, woke up at 3, had some eggs, <laughs> bombed up to uh, nice. the end of the mine there. Yeah. And then got we were on the trail for 8. And uh, by the time we got to Shelter Lake at, uh, I think it was like 6.30, like I was wasted. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Completely wasted. I hadn't been that tired oh, in sure. years. Like I've done a couple good trips. I don't know, but that one beat the crap out of me. And it was mostly because my expectations were like, oh, we're nearly there. Yeah. You Which know? is the worst. That We're, is the worst. That, that is like yeah. how to completely lose all enthusiasm is yeah. to like think it's going to be an okay day and it'd be really hard. Yeah. It's like that just knocks you out of the but water. Then it's like you want to relax, but the mosquitoes are killing you. <laughs> Absolutely killing. So I, I stripped off all my clothes and I just went flying into the lake and it was ice cold. Oh, and it was yeah. just like, yes, this is the best. Now oh. feeling good after that. Got the tent oh, set up, sure. went to bed. And the next two days, I, I, I was great. I like just lowered my expectations of how good fit I was <laughs> yeah. and how easy it might be and how much fun it would be. It was more of just like a hard hoof. I got to the top of the mountain, and to be honest, like I didn't really feel any success because I knew we had to go all the way back from <laughs> where we'd come. Yeah, and that's exactly what I was thinking. Like when you asked earlier, Andrew, about like why do you hike mountains? Is it to get to the top or is it the whole thing? Like even people who do Everest 
right? It's like famously, you can only be at the top for one minute. Yeah. Because you have you have like a limited time to get down, so it's like they spend you know upwards of sixty to a hundred grand to to pay you know for the for the guys to carry all their stuff and to get up there, and then in the end you know years of training in the end they're up there for like one minute. Yeah. So it's like, what's the point? You do all that for one minute. It's like, no, no, no. It's the whole thing. Yeah, well, absolutely. Right. It's the prep. Yeah. It's the the study. It's the getting in shape. It's the journey. It's that's, yeah. I think that's why you climb mountains is it's the whole um, aspect. It's the sport. It's yeah. not just, you know, I'm up at the top. Yay. You well, know, um, it's, there's something to be said for success and failure. Yeah. And, and in that same conversation, because we can we can go through life like training for a goal, building a business, um, working on something that we're really passionate about. And it doesn't always work out. But the the cool thing is you know maybe you don't maybe weather comes in you don't make it to the top of the mountain right but all the the hard work that you put in all of that studying all of that training and mm-hmm. research and dedication that will be always usable in other realms like you can put that hard work towards absolutely. anything oh, absolutely. that you're doing yeah that's a good point and yeah. uh, just because if you know people don't reach the top of the mountain that doesn't mean that it's a failure. That doesn't mean that there's no. not a ton that you've learned and gained along the way. Yeah, yeah. you learn and resolve. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, resilience. Doing and, it again yeah. and, yeah, yeah, build on yourself. Yeah, yeah. which yeah. as an artist, I think is probably a pretty important characteristic, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not easy, but it's the best. So, I mean, the payoff is huge. It's yeah. just like, yeah, all the, like, you just need a hits and, oh, you're so close. It's like, most people pumping you up have no idea where you're actually at, and no. neither do you. No. And then, like, there's a lot of, like, why isn't this working along the way? Mm-hmm. Whatever. But you keep going. Yeah. Like, clearly, you, you've decided to keep going, and, and I think that's, oh, yeah. that's, um, that's an important thing to dig into, and maybe a good point of transition for kind of shifting into the music realm a bit. Um, and I wanted, to, I wanted to ask, you've talked about... Um, some anxiety around music and I, I, I believe I read and this could be wrong but I think I read that um, it, it was not until your late 20s that you actually kind of overcame those mm-hmm. fears to, to hit the stage and to start performing in front of people so I wonder if you could kind of give us a, a bit of the backstory to that um, and then we can talk about how you overcome those fears yeah well yeah like so many people out there I just like I want to you know when you're a little kid and teenager you like you want to be noticed but not noticed no noticed but not looked at you know what <laughs> yeah, i mean and for sure you feel all awkward and i just had that really bad and uh i also want to be the best at everything but you know you're not but you you don't want to like come second place you know it's, it's easier sometimes to like not try and, sure. and not face any of this. then you have an excuse yeah absolutely yeah. or i could have or maybe like, or whatever you just yeah. don't and then yeah. there's no feedback um, and as an artist, I, it was like my escape from the world. Mm. You know, I could go sit down and play and right. be transported. And then, yeah. like, I had some real spiritual or meditative, yeah. whatever, however you want to class it, Both are uh, experiences. Great. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and I still do, but honestly, less so now that I'm, like, stopping myself in the middle of one of those and being like, holy shit, that's the best fucking riff I ever came up with in my life. Yeah, yeah, Because before, I would just, like, keep on going with it. But so it was, was like, my escape. And uh, doing it in front of people makes you conscious and uh, Mm -hmm. of what you're doing. And it's, like, it's kind of harder to do it 
and then yeah like you kind of put on the spot you feel like you suck a bit or you feel like you're good but you just don't want to be doing it for them or whatever it just mixes it all up and i never thought for one second i want to play for people i joked about it only because they joked about it with me but uh, and also i didn't sing and i didn't really grow up with friends who played music so i didn't have some kind of band or like comfort zone it was just me even my my folks like they all played music when i was a kid and uh, and then they stopped playing music for i don't know why and uh i read that you you said um when your first sort of wake up moments to music is you're about five years old and you're watching your dad play the guitar yeah that's what got got, got me going and that was kind of like oh that's a thing that's cool that, i was just watching them going i can do this too yeah <laughs> right yeah i wish when i was younger i had more of the headspace i have but i mean that's all part of the journey i guess oh but, of course yeah i don't know i try and, and get kids enthusiastic about it now and i think some of it is sinks in but kids are still kids you gotta learn your own lessons in life right totally it's, so it's, true yeah I, it, sorry no no continue oh yeah no it was honestly just a buddy forced me on stage when i was like 18 yeah yeah i was in there on a fake id and it's at the water wheel <laughs> pub <laughs> which is now closed what did you I, play i miss it i played steve ray vaughn uh it was okay so it was an open jam and he's like roper you're going on stage tonight it's my birthday i'm like fuck you ryan I'm going on stage. he's like no you're doing it and i'm like no i don't even have a guitar he's like yeah i knew you'd say that that's why i brought your guitar you're yeah. working with us perfect yeah that's a good friend actually I, it really is yeah yeah he cares <laughs> started my adventure best adventure i've ever had and uh he uh so he gave me no choice, and everybody got on the bandwagon. I was like, oh my god, oh my god, I, I want to do it. Because I, I, I tried playing a high school band when I was like 15 or 16. Somebody leaked out that I was pretty good at guitar. <laughs> yeah. And the, the, the uh, teacher was like, we want to have you in the band next year. And I was like, oh my god. I'm so sure. I, like, peer pressure signed up. And then I remember, like, they were doing their thing. Everybody seemed to know the song, and it was easy enough. I could just jangle along. And then she looked at me and was like, and it was my solo time, and I just sweated and shook, and I closed my eyes, and I hated every 30 seconds of it, and I played fine. And I remember all the students looking at me afterwards like, nice work. You know, they're all supportive <laughs> and nice. And I was just a dick, and I was like, no, I'm never doing that again. I'm out. <laughs> but yeah, so I got on stage. Luckily, now I'm 18, fake ID. I grabbed some beer, and I uh, <laughs> loosened up a little bit. I got yeah. up on stage with this guy named Jared Staff, who was also the, he was the other guest guitar player. And then we had backup band. And they're like, okay, what do you guys want to play? And I was like, well, I guess I kind of, I, I know uh, Pride and Joy, I could do that one. And Jared was like, rock, rock on, man, that's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> like, all right, this guy's enthusiastic. <laughs> I feel okay. And uh, he was this wild looking dude. Like he had like a shaved head and this pointed red curly mm -hmm. beard. And uh, Rock and roll. Oh, yeah, super rock and roll. <laughs> he was also underage too. And he was like 16 or 17. Looked like a full grown adult, but like one of those early bloomers, right? Um, little did I know, he had just come back from the Las Vegas shredding competition. Wow. He, and he was the winner. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. So anyways, I do my... Uh, two bits of blues and then it's his turn to take the solo and he was like it was fucking jaw dropping he was like <laughs> it was like arpeggios and insane shit at warp speed and he was going nuts and the crowd was like whoa the band was blown away everybody was looking at each other like what the hell at least he didn't have to follow that 
<laughs> well, then we played more songs. Okay. Yeah. So you did. <laughs> so we had to do three songs, right? And and uh, but the guy was so cool, you know. He just was having so much fun. It was hard not to kind of get wrapped up into yeah, it, and then just kind in. of really enjoy playing yeah, with them. For sure. And uh, so afterwards, my mind was absolutely blown, and because uh, I'd never seen anybody play like that, even like go see your heroes it, it was still like that guy was impressive yeah and uh and i know he's out there somewhere like shredding in his bedroom because i've never seen him anywhere else mm. but uh yeah anyway i was like jared man that was unbelievable like where'd you learn to play guitar like that he's like well i've been playing for like two years i play like 10 hours a day i'm like what wow. <laughs> holy moly he's like but i loved what you did i'm like no 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 <laughs> yeah i did it was that, like i can't play with soul like that i don't do that i'm just like i just do it really fast like, <laughs> yeah okay man whatever but that was the clinic he's like yeah i'll see you here again hey eh? and after that i was like yeah yeah, I'll come back and do that again. Cool. It kind of broke the mold for me a little bit. And I don't know, kind of get humbled by a guy like that. And also... A vision. It, yeah, it wasn't like he was a shithead up there either. No. Kind of like, yeah, look, I can do it. And there's lots of those. Lots of guys that uh, play okay. And they still think they're really good. People have been telling them their whole lives, you could be a rock star. Sure. They believe it. They drink the for juice. Sure. And they're like, I am. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they, they go on American Idol and, you know, and then all of a sudden the judges are like, you're terrible. Like, Where, <laughs> yeah, who told you you were good? <laughs> Lots of them. Although, right? speaking of American Idol, didn't someone use one of your songs as yeah, that on was American really Idol? Cool, I read about that. That was <laughs> yeah. so cool. I was honored. Yeah, and you must have been. I got they paid. To, <laughs> you got paid for that, eh? Yeah. They had to get sweet. your permission and everything? Yeah, it was like oh, a year man. in advance. It was the first day That's... of hockey season. Uh, was it not last year, the year before? And uh, I was going to watch it at the Beagle with my buddy Mike and my girlfriend. And uh, it was Toronto was playing, Montreal, Vancouver was playing, Edmonton, I think. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so we had some money on the line. And I got a call <laughs> from my manager, and he's like, Jesse, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm just at the Beagle. He's like, this is crazy. I got to tell you something right now. Just pull over real quick. Okay, what's up? He's like, I just got a sign-off form from American Idol. Apparently, somebody's going to sing your song. I was like, yeah. <laughs> and explode. You know, you're dreaming of like yeah. a super beautiful black woman who just sold <laughs> the shit out yeah, of it and right. then goes on to win this show. You know, yeah, I'm yeah, like, come on. <laughs> Give me like Giselle something. Or you know, like she will win me money. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> for, right. for doing nothing. And then, yeah, and then I'll, I will like go and duet with her yeah, and yeah. I'll be famous. <laughs> Uh, all of those thoughts in like that, five seconds probably yeah oh totally I <laughs> yeah. thought about it all year and then of course like anybody I told that to I wasn't supposed to say a word because it's top secret you know, of hard course. not to but we're yeah. all like speculating what, what's it gonna be how's it gonna turn out to be a guy named Jake Durkin and uh, he's a Nashville artist really nice guy I contacted him um, beforehand even though he'd already shot the show and was like hey good luck tonight you know <laughs> and uh and he got back to me, and he was thrilled that I got a hold of him. And because and, he, like, uh, to him, I'm just an artist with a sweet song that he loves of course. to sing yeah. for his girlfriend. Right. And yeah. uh, um, so that was really cool interaction. And then, of course, I was, uh, I'd kind of, I didn't get to see the show. I was actually at a Van another Vancouver Toronto game. I was there live, <laughs> though. And uh, oh, nice, I'm a big hockey nice. fan. Nice. I'll Same are we. Yeah, right. You're on. a Canuck fan? Toronto. Oh. Toronto. I mean, I cheer for Canucks. So but... Toronto, Flames, Oilers. Oh, wow. So, yeah, yeah we're representing. Connection. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You guys must argue all the time. There. Oh, yeah, for sure. It's amazing that we started a podcast on obstacles when the main obstacle is our two 
hockey teams hate each other. Yeah. yeah. Well, they had one of the best games in like the last 10 years. It was amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that yeah. was awesome. Oh, it was amazing. It's good to see that old school kind of hockey come Between back. Kachuk and Cassian and totally. all that kind of stuff. Oh, yes. yeah. That was amazing. Yeah, it's nice to have that back. Yeah, it's nice that the Oilers actually can field a competitive team again so that we actually have, uh, have some battles once more. But anyway, that song was any time of night, right? Anytime so of night, we, we yeah. should put that out there. And and, and by the way, I, I have to admit here, um, we believe in being vulnerable and authentic. And I am super late to the Jesse Roper show. Oh, don't worry about it. Honestly, there's a lot of people out there have no uh, idea. Yeah, but but I'm I'm hosting you on on our podcast, and oh, so yeah. I feel like I need to say that. And the first song I listened to was that. Oh, okay. and that was in the last 24 hours. No shit. No, seriously, <laughs> this was way before I even knew it was like part of the American Idol thing, and yeah. it it brought tears to my eyes. Like I felt. Oh, wow. and I'm not just saying that. And I and I brought it into my wife, and and she's so picky with music. And I, I just said, just like, she's like, I, I don't really have time right now. I'm just like, no, no. And I just put the headphones on her, played the song. And she was just like, wow, that's the guy coming in today. He's amazing. And I was, and then I listened to a bunch more. So, I mean, that, that's, it's, it speaks to you quickly. Like there's that soulful part to it. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I felt it. I, I think it was a live performance. There was a YouTube video. Oh. That's where I heard it. It was yeah. at a church or something. Oh yeah. 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 Which, whatever <laughs> one was on was YouTube. Blowing. It was, yeah, it was blowing. <laughs> But anyways, he performed the song for a reason. It's, it's, it speaks to people. Jesus so. Roper up there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Watch him, uh, just look at me. I'm like, look at you, you fucking goof. <laughs> <laughs> nice outfit. Yeah, but, uh, but no, it's a, it's a beauty. Mm-hmm. A how do you know how he found the song? Like that that uh, the song that he played Spotify. on Spotify. Yeah, just that was my first question too. Is that it? Eh? Hmm. Did you get this? You're in Nashville. He's yeah. like Spotify. I was like, ah, yes, computers. <laughs> <laughs> So you haven't, you didn't come to one of my shows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, I played in Memphis, so I thought, yeah, maybe oh, he heard okay. say down there. Yeah, but no, no. And he's a little bit young. I think he's like twenty four or something. Hmm. So and yeah. and the, one of the coolest parts about that story is that it, it literally like not Katy Perry on the floor, right? Like that's that, that's <laughs> yeah, the impact yeah, that you had that on part. Katy Perry. I wish I could have sang it for <laughs> someday. Yeah, one day. <laughs> I'll mean it. <laughs> that's, a, that's, that's a different mountaintop to climb. Yeah. Um, I want to talk a little bit about what you mentioned earlier, the, the meditative kind of experiences with music and like with digging into something. That That's a, an experience that I think artists have that us non-artists of the world don't really understand. Sure. So mm-hmm. if you could describe that a little bit more and, and is that how you, is that how you write music? Is that how you create? Um, is it like that? The idea, um, the ancient Greeks, their idea of genius was that like, it's not within them. They open themselves up to it, and it kind of like takes like yeah takes their place, and and that's where the the creation comes from. So yeah, what, how does that? Relate? I was reading a book called Big Magic that was like I, I didn't finish it all, but uh, she was talking about she's a writer, and like that's how she feels it is too. Like she just kind of opens herself up, and then that thing and to the, the magic muse. yeah whatever attaches yeah. itself to her because she was like open to whatever it is at that point in time. And I had a hard time reading it, but thinking about it afterwards, it's like, yeah, totally. I was doing it the other night where I was like, I'm trying to write for an album right now. And uh, I had a couple of experiences recent where, you, where it was just like, it was just tumbling out of my mouth and onto my fingers. And I wasn't really conscious of what I was doing. And no. that's the best. Mm-hmm. You're doing probably your best work in mm-hmm. those moments, or at least your most natural work. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, it totally mm-hmm. could be. You're just open. You're just not thinking. You're just... The conduit for whatever is coming through. I don't know. 
but it feels great. <laughs> and that's probably the top of the mountain in a way, right? When it's just falling out. But then there's also probably days where it's just like, oh, fuck, we're not even, like, we have another day to get to the top. And there's the grind of writing. Oh, totally. Yeah, right? that's where the you, worst. Where you have to do the work. Sort of. Because <laughs> I'm guessing it's, it's, as they say, the inspiration and the perspiration, right? And so it's yeah. like, there's some days when it's, but I'm guessing not all of your work has just been has just fell out of you some of it you probably had to like grind through or is it all inspired i don't know well i try to wait for the good stuff to come before uh-huh. i put it out there but yeah there's lots of crap and you gotta sift through it sometimes there's some gold in in all the stuff that you're going yeah. through and yeah it's it's taken me some songs have taken me years to write right some of them take 15 minutes take some take an hour some take a few days hurricanes i when i was doing that one it was like yeah one night I was like, stranger. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, that's cool. And I wrote so many lyrics. Mm. Then it became sort of a little small grind, but I was having fun with it. And then when I put it all together, I was like, ah, oh, that was cool. But it wasn't like the 15-minute song that just no. tumbles out. There was just bits that tumbled out that I was like, oh, that's good. That's good. And is it the music or the words that usually come first? Or is there no usual? There's no usual. It's, no. Yeah, it's all over the place. Mm. But it's easiest... I think when you have the words come first, mm. I'm not the wordiest person, but some of my songs are super wordy just because like I just happened to say something yeah. while I was doing it that I wasn't thinking about that. Like as soon as I said it, I went, Oh, that's so, that fit this mm. sound for whatever reason. And this mojo that I'm feeling, mm. I don't know. It's different every time. It's a really hard one to put your finger on, but I think that's another reason why I hike as much as I do. Mm-hmm. And try and get out is because it, uh, it's like my mom always calls it putting her mind on scan. Yeah. Just like stop thinking about it. So I'd go out for runs and hikes and stuff. And Love you'll it. be thinking about it, thinking about it, thinking about it. And then you'll suddenly be like staring at the trees. And the, and then, you know, you're relaxed. And then it things comes. start coming. Yeah. yeah. And then I race back to the house. Yeah. Or, or I keep my pocket recorder on me or a pen and paper. Hopefully... I mean, I've been out on hikes that I've been like five hours out and then all of a sudden I'm like, oh my God, this is wicked thing in my head and I have no pen and paper and no voice recorder. So then I have to like pick what is the most important part that I can actually decipher what's happening in my head right now and Mm. just like spin it all the way home. Mm. And then I can work on that like later on. Wow. Yeah. It sucks to have to cut it off. And that's the tricky part about this too is like the meditative part lasts as long as you don't interrupt it <clears throat> once you get there mm. and uh and as now i'm trying to as soon as you like decide okay i'm gonna try and make money i'm gonna try and be a songwriter you have to interrupt it yeah but then you gotta figure out how to let it go too it's so mm. it's tough it's just a practice and like knowing yourself thing do you practice meditation as well? Is that something that you do in your normal routine? Yeah, but it's way easier doing it with music. I yeah. just go there, <laughs> you know, but it, it is a meditation thing like i've oh man i've been gone for like i don't know an hour or whatever mm. you'll just be into this insane jam your fingers are just moving and mm. you're like seeing colors and it's it's the best it's like a flow state yeah okay. you're not really with it no and uh and then and then all of a sudden you're you're back you realize you're like i am amazing right now and you're back (laughs) (laughs) right but uh Mm. yeah yeah no i meditate too and i've had some great experiences like i do yoga as well i found that's become like number one besides trying to write songs i have to do yoga Mm. just to keep my body feeling good that's right and then uh, because it's hard to uh sit in bad posture and play guitar 
and uh, not have aches and pains. Mm -hmm. So the aches and pains pull you out of it. Hmm. So, you, you know, hard to go on a big hike unless your knees are in alignment. Well, yeah. pretty hard to bring energy on the stage when you, you're not energizing yourself totally. through, through yoga and, so and I, through hiking. Yeah, yeah mm -hmm. absolutely. I do a bit of that every day and I try to meditate at the end of it because meditating beforehand, I just have too much energy. Right. Yeah. yeah. And that energy, I wanted to speak to that a little bit because that energy, your stage presence is a big part of what draws people in. Like it's so much fun to, to be at a show of yours because you're just like you're all energy and you're engaging with the crowd and like you're you're having fun up there clearly yeah. so which is it's pretty striking from somebody who was terrified to even be on stage in the first place so like how do you think this is something that people can use in their own lives as well we would love to draw out kind of lessons or resources or, or stories that that people can apply to their themselves that that person who changed from somebody who what didn't even want to go anywhere near the stage to somebody who's up there and is is enjoying themselves and is captivating how do you think that um that transition that transformation took place okay i didn't know who i was as a human and then i also knew that uh i in order to do it was going to be more than i like jeez uh, how do i say this as a young guy you're like um you sort of reserve, you hold back a little bit because yeah. you don't want to stick out. You want to be weird, but you know, as soon as you're up there, it's weirdness a hundred percent and like a hundred percent you and you call it weird. Other people call it awesome. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's so easy to get trapped in the zone of like, I can't release that. I know, I think I know what that is and I can't let it mm. out. And then I just did it enough and like, I, it's still a battle. I have to talk myself on the stage every time. Even coming in here, it's like, be funny. Oh, don't be funny. Don't even think about it. Just do your thing. And like, I talk to myself. You're killing it, by the way. <laughs> oh, thanks. Yeah, this is awesome. You're killing <laughs> I it. I do my best. But I know, like, in order to be myself, I have to be, like, all of it. Because if, if I try to hold back any of it, it's just not as good. So once I got comfy with, like, uh, diving instead of walking in, mm -hmm. uh, it was much better. Like and then people started coming to the shows, my recordings got better. And it's it's a conversation with myself every time. Just do it, just do it, just do it, just do it. And yeah, is that, that's, a, that's super useful. Like, the what are you telling yourself exactly? Is it, just, is it that just do it, just do it, just do it? Like, yeah, fling your hair around, make stupid faces, screw up. That's a big one. Screw up, go for it, just like hanging out there because the people will love you more for hanging it out there oh, than, sure. than trying to be something you're not trying to be cool trying to be reserved trying to control it somehow like i man i can't tell you how rewarding it is to fucking freak out up there and it's never like what you think it is in your head you just do that and then the people watching or, or whatever are just they react in such a way that you do it more because it's awesome and then the energy in the room builds like those are the best nights when you just like you're not thinking you're just absolutely having the best time and the energy is like i don't know i don't consider myself like a super high energy person but i feed on something when oh, i get up there sure. and then it gets carried away and then afterwards i'll just like collapse in bed yeah no <laughs> i'm sure and not want to talk to anyone for six days probably. yeah totally <laughs> Yeah. You know, you used a word earlier in the conversation. Um, you, you talked about um, transporting yourself. Yeah. And it's like you, you came to music because it transported you. And so it's like all of a sudden you had to go from being transported yourself to transporting your audience. Mm -hmm. 
And that's really the job of an artist and a musician is to now, and and perhaps that's happening at the same time as you're being transported up there on stage and they're recognizing that and they're caught up in the transportation and you're going to the same place together. Yeah. When you can get that happen, it's, that's a great performance. That's a beautiful, that's a great artist. And so perhaps, perhaps some of the, um, that, that fear or anxiety of going on stage is recognizing that I realize I'm going to have to put it all out there. And this, this thing where I used to do it at my house or in the woods and I transport myself and I'd be, you know, in the moment, I now have to share that with a bunch of strangers and that's fucking terrifying. Mm-hmm. Right. What if they're like, that's weird or that I'm not getting what you're putting down or I don't, you know, but when they're getting it, then you can be transported together. That sounds amazing. I mean, that sounds like no, oh, no wonder you Star love travel. it and exhaust <laughs> right? uh, yeah it takes all your energy and then you're just like oh, power down <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely yeah. that's the best thing in the world it's uh, like the coolest high there is i think hmm. and uh just notes and sounds and music and feeling and then you're like conveying something through lyrics that mm-hmm. i think it's the best like and some people are exceedingly good at that Absolutely. Just, oh, man. Who are yeah. some of your people you look to that are like, oh, they're like, in terms of you say people are exceedingly good at that. Or who are some of those people? In- oh, man, you know, ACDC is the best. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. yeah. yeah. They're my favorite oh, of for all sure. time. For I sure. just love them. Uh, but Steve Ray Vaughan, I mean, talk about a guy who could get in the zone on stage live. It was insane. Yeah. Some of his live performances are wild. But mm. I, I also saw Muse. They blew my mm. mind. I'd love mm. to see uh, that. Fish was another one I saw that blew my mind. I didn't expect it. Like, I've heard Fish many times. My dad became a total fish head guy. <laughs> and it was nothing but fish around the house. And I never really thought any of their songs were all that good. Like Not like Grateful Dead had the same culture, but their songs were good. I never thought fish was that good. And then I saw them live and I was like, whoa, no, this is awesome. I get it. Yeah. Uh, Because the energy was something else. And the crowd was just like so part of the thing too. I mean, a bunch of hippies. I was front row and I had to pee so bad. Any other concert you go to, you leave that spot. Good luck getting back. Right. right. It took, takes long enough to get there. And, uh, I left and and then I came back and I started moving through people and just being like, excuse me, excuse me, sorry, pardon me, pardon me, excuse me, excuse me, oh yeah, 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 excuse me. And I got right up to this place that I was up before and it was still like there waiting for me. That's awesome. (laughs) I couldn't believe it. Yeah, nowhere else. No, no. I remember going to an ACDC concert in Wembley and I got up second row and this old guy looks at me, he's hanging on the guardrail and he's like, don't even think about it. <laughs> <laughs> he will stab you. Yeah, I've been a fan longer than you've been alive. Yeah. Yeah, okay, man. Wow, at, at Wembley Stadium, though, that must have been quite the experience. It was a lot of people. Yeah. It was yeah. awesome. That it would was, be. Yeah, and they were like getting a little bit older, but still like. Killer. How many years ago was that? I would have been like 20. So it would have been like 11 years ago. Okay. Wow. Rock and Roll Train had just come out, so they mm. uh, they opened the show. It was like all, all this wicked, like Angus Young, like and then all of a sudden, this big, huge train came smashing through the front of the stage, and there was smoke and explosions, and the crowd went nuts. And then out they come and into the first song. I can't even remember what it was, honestly. I was just like overcome with like, <laughs> this is the best. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, they're my favorite. But I've also seen some great uh, local acts. I mean, there's great musicians on every level. Fame doesn't necessarily dictate who's good at What makes to that a great place. musician? 
Oh, just the people who are authentic with it and write good stuff. You know, if you can capture the best parts of yourself and then give them to people mm. uh, over and over and over again, you're probably pretty good musician. What song of yours do you think fits that description for capturing the best part of yourself? Oh, probably any time of night. You yeah. Know, how do you beat love? Mm-hmm. But yeah. Uh, and I really meant it. And I don't know if I'd ever write a song like that again because, like, I'm older and like uh, that was like real true love for the first time and i i was Mm -hmm. like overcome by it and yeah sure like i I don't know what my life holds or where my love life will go i'm in a great relationship right now with that girl but uh i don't know if i could ever feel it in that way again because i've all through been through like so much more shit and uh that's i think the tricky part of getting old is you start to like you're like, okay, I've been here before. I think more logically. And, and you're not like, wow, oh, this lasts forever. Pure blah, blah. You're like, yeah. we'll probably break up. <laughs> She'll probably cheat on me. <laughs> I'll try and sleep with her friend. <laughs> then I'll write a song with that. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and then you got to be like, that's how you get the next magic is like, say that happens. Then you got to be open and honest in your writing. Yeah. I tried to sleep with your friend. <laughs> and then, you know, like, if, as long as it sounds real, it's awesome. So at this time, I, I'm curious about where you're at with your songwriting now, like where you feel like you've um, evolved to. And, and right now you've got a song out um, that's very much about divisiveness and politics. And, and yeah. is that what's kind of at the forefront for you in terms of the, the world that we live in right now? Is, is that why you wrote that song or is that just yeah. something that came to you? So I know I'm getting old. I suddenly like I'm past the love songs and I'm into politics and like I'm doing a lot of like reflection on yeah. myself these days. Man, and, like, that happens. How I've changed oh, and yeah. what I care about now. It's true. Yeah, because before like I'm also in the steadiest relationship I've ever been in. For sure. <laughs> so my mind's not there all the time. It's yeah, it's just elsewhere, and I'm finding I'm getting back into old things and. Yeah, doing a lot of reflecting. So, yeah, the political stuff. I mean, obviously, we all have a cell phone, and that cell phone spews bad news from oh, yeah. all over the place, but south of the border is crazy, yeah. and uh, it's hard not to pay attention to it. So, anyway, my producer was like, I want to really, like, you know, like, ka, ka sound from you. And I was like, okay. Okay, I'll go <laughs> work on that. And, and I just, I couldn't do it. I was like, all oh, this shit sucks. Yeah, and then I found an old riff that was like, you know, it's the one in the song. It's like more bluesy, I think, than he wanted. But like, you know, like who are these? Who am I to tell these people they're wrong? Like, this first guy I've ever had be like, this is the kind of song I want from you to round this album out. Okay, I guess I'm paying you to be right, so (laughs) I'll go try and do that. And it was different, and but I showed up to the studio with it, and he's like, yeah, man, I, I mean, it's not what I wanted, but. This is sweet, so let's just do it. And then it turned out to be a cool song. Mm-hmm. Here we are; it's on the radio, and uh, and it, it's about something that I do care about. And uh, I mean, nobody, everybody's allowed to have their own politics, but I just think politics is just like where's the working together? You know, how are we supposed to do this without the working together? And there was just there's just so much finger pointing, and like speech without thought especially with that fella and uh yeah i don't believe in it so 
Mm-hmm. Anyways, there's my that's my song, and it's not necessarily about not liking Trump. Like, I, it, I, obviously, the, that's the chorus. Oh, that's uh, who you're talking about. Okay, yeah. I was confused. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> it's it's more about just like the separation of the people because of it. Absolutely, yeah. and, and that's there anyways. Like, there's you know, yeah, red, blue, left and right, middle. Where's the middle? I always wonder. But uh, for sure, um, that's what it is. It's just like the mm. separation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and it seems like you're a guy who cares about community. Like I it, do. It, it, yeah. It, I love people, man. Yeah. And we do, like, we are better when we're together. Um, and, sure. and I even think that, like, you being the chosen one, like that. <laughs> I'm, I'm curious <laughs> how you Did you, you come up with that? No, no. I don't think so. <laughs> like, that wasn't too bad, man. No. Well, no, but it, I, I wonder how you feel about being ordained <laughs> as the chosen one. Um, wow. And, it makes and, me feel like I don't want to make too many decisions. <laughs> well, he said it. You know? But yeah. it's kind of funny. I don't know. I, like it's It sounds great. and it, kind of, it gives me a laugh every time. But... Yeah, I'll never forget the first time I heard it. I was playing at Sugar for the very first time, and uh, I dressed up as like this old blues man, and then I had like a costume change into like this cowboy outfit, and I had this whole skit that I'd written about the beginnings of the blues, and this guy named Buster Hyman who had uh, <laughs> he found like the burning mojo stone, and I put it inside <laughs> my Bible, all my little notes that I'd written with my brother, and then I performed it and like some people thought it was great and other people thought it was absolute shit but the band i was um going before uh manitario was their name <laughs> and they were shouting at me while i was playing because they were loving it uh i'm a chosen one <laughs> and, and i uh it wasn't until i got on the queue that then the queue started coining me that too and i don't know where they got it but uh, it works. It's, probably it's probably from Manterio. Those guys probably just spread it around. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. So, hmm. you know, in reading, in doing a tiny bit of research on you, I found this article online and it occurred to me all of a sudden, there's a well-known truth in the, in the music industry and in music lore of the 27 Club. Yeah. Right? The 27 Club is some of the classic musicians of all time who have tragically chose to end their lives at 27 right mm-hmm. you didn't but at 27 you you had quite a like that's when everything seemed to change from what i've read um you were you were, you had a job at the time you were painting yeah that was you're doing that you decided to leave that i believe a relationship ended at that time is yeah. that right and so you kind of had a bit of a ironically on that same year a bit of a death in terms of an old life and yeah. I, I was wondering if um, since that time, if um, your music changed because of it, um, you talked about how you're you're a little more reflective now. You're a little more. What what change did that cause? You know, did that well, was cause like, in your was person? Over man, like, yeah. I, I realized it. I was just like doing the same things every day and mm. working the same job with the same eye twitch and the same pay and the same bullshit and the same same shit, different day attitude and like or the people around me were like that. Uh, and I hated it, and I knew I was in a relationship I want to be in for a long time. It was starting to become obvious to me. Like I love the girl; she's a great girl. But you know, it's like you're you're young. You you're like, oh, you're nice to me, and you think I'm attractive. Let's date. And yeah, you right. You yeah, do that for sure. And uh, and she was attractive too. But uh, <laughs> yeah, 
yeah, I just, my life was going nowhere and I knew there was more. And I remember, like, they were a big TV family. I, I never really was, but I remember, so we'd watch lots of TV and all the commercials were like, your life sucks, you need this. And I, I was, like, just starting to be beaten by it. Like, I cannot do this anymore. Hmm. I can't stare at the TV. Other people are living sweet lives. Why am I not? And then, so we ended up breaking up. And it was like a great time to break up because we went on this vacation to uh, Nepal and then she continued on from there. And Nepal opened my eyes, obviously. I mean, it's like third world country. It's chaos and it was awesome and I loved every bit of it. Mm -hmm. And it was like, everything was new. I always had thought like, oh, I'll just, I love Vancouver Island. It's the best place in the world. Everybody says so and I think so too. Why would I ever leave? Mm -hmm. But I was an idiot. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's the stupidest attitude. Yeah. um, So... You got to go see things. You got to understand why it's good. You got to learn about how other people live. And, and it, like, yeah, doing what makes you unhappy is the wrong thing to do. Well, we talk about being comfortably miserable. Yes. Great way to put it. And, and that's everywhere. You know, yeah. like you can do that really easily. It's the easiest thing to do. Yeah. You put some effort in, your life is better. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, no, I just, and music was the only thing I really... I did that was in any way special I felt like oh, I'm pretty good at this maybe I could try it out mm-hmm. and then I always just felt like well if I just keep going I'll get what I want out of it I don't really know what that is uh, like obviously I'm kind of shooting for fame and whatever mm-hmm. <laughs> like not so much for the fame but just the lifestyle of being able to do this till I'm an old guy because it's so rewarding but yeah uh, I feel like I've gotten off track a little bit but I, I we broke up she was doing amazing right away. She traveled the world, and I was kind of jealous. And I was like, I need to get my shit going here. I'm doing the same thing as I was doing with her, yet I'm not broken or mm-hmm. I'm broken up. And then a friend of mine got a hold of me, and she was like, Hey, Jess, I'm going to Toronto, and I'm gonna go uh, to Canadian Music Week, which to me was like at that time pie in the sky. Canadian Music Week in Toronto? Whoa! <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna go. How much the ticket? Four hundred bucks. Okay, so I went to Canadian Music Week. We played for like four people in this little tiny bar in Toronto, but it still felt like we were doing it. You know, I was in Toronto. And uh, and then it just turned out that my buddy's band, Arb Chair Cynics, who was like big for a while there, um, mm-hmm. Western Canada kind of thing. and Or I don't even know. I think it was like that. But uh, they were out there and they were playing uh, two nights after we did. So I went out there and my ticket was, uh, I think I was supposed to be there for two weeks. And so my friend Shara, she was like going to be there and staying with her parents for like the next two weeks. And uh, it was in Whitby, a very dull, flat, <laughs> shitty place. <laughs> Sorry, everybody That's on their Whitby. sign. <laughs> <laughs> Only coming to Whitby soon. Play. And uh, so I left Whitby. I was like, I'm going to, the Tor- I'm going to Toronto again. This is more fun. And uh, I went and saw my buddy's band. And... Uh, <laughs> And uh, I remember my buddy Ryan, he was a drummer, and uh, he's a funny guy. He was talking to these two chicks, and I, the, he, I, so I walked up from behind him, walked around the two girls, put my arms around him, and I was like, hey, girls, like, it, I was trying to find you. That's, are we still partying tonight? And they went with it. They are like, oh, yeah, we totally are. And Ryan's face was complete blank and like, what is going on here? And he's like, Roper, what are you doing in Toronto? I was like, I just came out for Canadian Music Week. He's like, how do you deal these two? I'm like, I don't. And uh, so anyways, we partied that night. And they were leaving the next day to go to Windsor, another 
shitty place. <laughs> and, no, I'm just, sorry. But, uh, no, I, uh, I don't think you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I remember driving into or, uh, Windsor going like, oh, my God, Windsor's huge. Not knowing it was the Detroit skyline. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Whoa. Yeah. But Windsor's not huge. But uh, so, yeah, I woke up in the morning. They were leaving. I was just so bummed. Like, I don't want to, like, just hang out. Like, I want to do music here. And so I was like, you guys care if I just roll in the van? I'll carry your amps and wash your clothes or whatever, like, throaty <laughs> stuff. And they're yeah. like, uh, what do you guys think about that? And they're all like, sure. So, <laughs> so I hopped in the van and carried the, carried the stuff around and, awesome. and had a ball. Uh, for the next two weeks now it turned out that uh one of those girls uh was uh she lived in niagara falls and so they had a this armchair cynics had a show in saint Catharines, and she came to it with her friend because they joined the armchair cynics fan club and now knew when these things were happening so they showed up to the next show and i saw them and was like oh hey and we had a great night dancing um, one of them also happened to be uh, employed at some whole fancy hotel out there. She got the Cynics guys a room, and we all went up there and partied. And uh, that that night, um, Ken, the lead singer, they were passing around his his acoustic guitar, and everybody was singing and playing. And then they threw it my way and was like, "Hey, Ken was like, hey, Robert, do that like Steve Ray Vaughan stuff you do." And I was like, "No, no, no, you guys, it's your night. You guys do your thing." And they're like, "No, no, do it." And then everybody was, "Yeah, do it, do your Steve Ray Vaughan thing." <laughs> okay, so I played Pride and Joy, and uh, and uh, the one of the girls was like just staring at me while I was doing it, and then when I finished, she was like, "You're good." Like, are, is this what you do? And I was like, well, kind of, you know, like downplaying it a bit that I wanted to <clears throat> and did a bit. But anyway, she was like, well, you need to do this more. And mm. I was like, well, I'd love to do that. I mean, and she was like, I'm going to make that. I'm going to help you get this going. Mm. And bless her heart. Like, uh, she got my info. I went home. And like seven days later, she phoned me up and she's like, okay, I have you because it's in March. She she, uh, she was like uh, starting in June. I have seven gigs booked. Wow! <laughs> uh, yeah, that's and awesome. Then I got there. <laughs> one's in and... Windsor. One's in Whitby. <laughs> 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 yeah. Oh man, I've had to teach myself to like driving on flat roads. Oh, it's so hard to stay awake. <laughs> I get speeding tickets all the time. Oh, my like, God. As soon as I get out of the Rockies, boom, speeding ticket. Especially in Saskatchewan, because you know you got such a province to go to the next flat province. You see, you can see where you're going right away. Oh, there it is. Way yeah. up there. Oh, it's so hard. Yeah, I remember meeting a lady on a train one time, and we were going through Jasper, and she just looked like she was having a bad trip. Yeah. And I was like, excuse me. I'm just going to sit down with you here. Are you okay? Yeah. And she was like, oh, no. And I'm like, well, what's the matter? And she was like, I can't stand the mountain. Yeah. I'm like, what? <laughs> I never heard anybody say that before. Like, what, what do you mean? Like, aren't they pretty? And she's like, no, the sun goes down early and I feel claustrophobic and I just, I don't like it. I'm like, yeah. where are you from? She's like, Saskatchewan. Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, okay. Exactly. The great sunsets and sunrises out there anyways. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. So anyway, I went out to Ontario and then I got going, and yeah, so that's what I did. I ended up buying a van and uh, driving back out there the next spring and staying out there. And uh, I stayed in Ontario for like nearly 12 months. And then, uh, and then my, my grandmother wasn't doing too good. And every time I was on the phone with my mom, she just sounded like she was about to burst out into tears. And I love mm -hmm. my mom. And it, was like, it was so hard not to give her a hug, you know? Mm -hmm. 
And at the same time, I was like experiencing growing pains uh, with that music. And I, I, I kind of needed a break from that and uh, just the pace of Toronto. And, yeah, 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 I came back on Toronto pace too. I remember my dad oh, yeah. picked me up from the airport and he's like, you know, son, uh, you can drive a little further back from the cars in front of you. We're like, not going anywhere fast. We're like going down the cafe. Like, yeah. I'm like, why is it not moving? So true. Yeah. So true, man. Wow. That's and uh, yeah, so I got back to Victoria. Yeah. And I uh, I finished um, this other CD called Son of John. And I started just doing the same thing around Victoria that I'd done in Ontario and just like playing every coffee shop bar whatever i could find street corner and uh it wasn't just in your spare time anymore this was your no, time was, this was it, your as time as i went to ontario yeah. i was like this is it this is, oh, it. This is all i want to do yeah and I, it's too bad that it took me so long to like find that motivation and whatnot yeah. because there's advantages to doing it as like a 20 or like a 17 year old <laughs> kid you know yeah. <laughs> was sure. it belief you got more time uh belief yeah absolutely belief in just a willingness to screw up and suck and get booed and uh, I don't know, not have any money. Like you grow, you go to high school, you're like, how do I get chicks? Okay, I need a car. How do I get a car? I need a job. How do I get a right. job? I need a car. How do I get chicks? <laughs> <laughs> and so you have this like, you know, rhetoric in your mind. I need to get, so I did the job and then I thought, okay, like I, I tried, I went from job to job to job to job and yeah, but we we get what we're ready for. Like that's it's true. It, it happened when yeah. it happened for it's a reason. Crazy. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I'm curious that because you you brought up like the idea of fame or like mountaintop uh, earlier, and and I wanted to ask about the song Cherry and and how that relates to that yeah. whole idea, and also the I want to touch base. And my girlfriend Sarah would would be upset if I didn't ask you about the music video because it's it's a crazy. We just watched it right before you came. Yeah, again, yeah. yeah. It's it's yeah. an awesome video, and there's a lot of metaphors going on there. For sure. And I, so I just wanted to touch on that, and and, and yeah, how how the cherry um, fits in your life. Right. Okay. So the song. I okay. So I was uh, split up with from my girl who. Oh man, when I met her, it was like. It was crazy. It was like the thing that I'd heard of that I hadn't experienced, <laughs> and uh, yeah, yeah. And so I, I, it just like blew my life open and opened my eyes, and also closed off so much of my life because I stopped going out. I just went to her house and <laughs> was in love. And, exactly. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so we'd broken up, and I was just devastated by it. I loved her so much, and uh, and she just couldn't wrap her head around. Um, what I was doing and that I wasn't going to cheat on her. And there was so many things I could do. I was always in trouble for what I could do. And I was like, why am I even in trouble for this shit? Like, I'm just trying to be in love with you, man. <laughs> and, uh, uh, yeah, it was, it was relentless, but she also had a lot, she was young and she had a lot to learn and, and, and for herself. And, uh, so it didn't work out. And, uh, I remember after I was starting to get back on my feet again, started going to the bars. I had a, a great roommate, his name is Mike Vandywater. He's just the funniest dude ever. And he got me like moving again. And uh, so we had gone to the bar. He left early that night and I stuck around. I was talking to this babe. And uh, I remember like I could have gone home with her that night. Or, or it was sort of like it was kind of getting to that area of like, yeah. well, maybe we could, you know, and I could, you know, that would be nice. And, uh, <laughs> 
and I didn't. And I, I was like, no, I'm not ready for that. And and I suddenly just became totally disinterested and left. And uh, and on the way home, I was like reflecting upon that. Why didn't I? Why didn't I? Hmm. I was having fun. Why did I stop myself from doing that? And it was just because like I still just all I wanted. I didn't want like the second place feeling. I wanted like the overabundant love that I'd felt with uh, with Willow and uh, and I knew I wasn't getting that and I wasn't gonna get that and I was just like it was just sort of fun and then so I which is yeah it's funny but uh, so I started hearing like no good cherries at the bottom of the tree Mm -hmm. I want the ones that's out of my reach on the way home and I was just like yeah this is how I feel and uh, and Mm. then I just wrote the song and just puked it out and uh, it was like mostly that night and then the next morning I just got off and it was like done wow. so fast yeah. and then honestly the video I didn't come up with that it was my buddy Shiraz he, uh, he's funny, also like super creative imaginative guy yeah. and he just listened to it and was like this is what I see what do you think and I was like sure let's just do it and uh, I mean I remember dancing around the fire at the end and I was <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, like, yeah he's like it's like a rebirth man just go for it and I was like okay and <laughs> my roommate and my and uh, my buddy Tim and a few people were like watching through the curtains <laughs> up at the house because we did it at my place. And I felt like they're all like, yeah. <laughs> of course, you can't hear that in the video because you got my tune going. But that, that yeah. felt ridiculous, but whatever, you just do it. When you're laying on the ground, the, the blossoms are falling on your face. Yeah, I was in the squamal right that by, was awesome. the, uh, by the red By the cherry, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, and people are driving by, and there's like a person filming know, you, yeah. laying on the ground, and everybody's like, "What the? Hell? I don't know how actors do it." Yeah, like, you I know, be right? Cool with yourself. Yeah, you like, do. This is success, hey. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is what makes that moment in the video that you're like, "Oh wow, yeah. so touching," but it's just you're just lying on the ground. Exactly. <laughs> you're people are throwing plants. blossoms at you. Yeah. 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 Awesome. Well, I think now would be a, a cool time to shift into kind of the the future and and like what where where are your goals at this point? Like I I heard I've heard you talk about it would be amazing to go be somewhere on a like, podcast. Yeah, yeah, obstacle course. Absolutely. Check that one. Yeah, then... but to to go to Nashville or Toronto or or to kind of take that next step is is that a goal for yours right now? Would like with so much uncertainty in in live music industry like where where are you at with stuff right now mm-hmm. yeah well it's kind of funny because this whole covid thing really did change and slow me down and i've always been like since i started i'm just gonna do this till i die mm-hmm. i want to see the whole world if i get famous in timbuktu that's where i'll go uh and then i got so busy um i got management and they were taking care of a lot of that and so the dream sort of like it was more it wasn't so much the dream it was more of just like ticking off what was in front of me and then everything slowed down and then I realized like I don't really have a dream anymore I just kind of do this Hmm. and like what do I want to do and I've been kind of struggling with that and that's why I was like I was having a hard time with COVID because I was like what the hell am I doing yeah I want to have a great record I want to make money doing this but like I don't really know what my goal is anymore and uh so I went and climbed the hind and did a few other mountains, hmm. and since then I don't—I still don't know what it is, but I just feel good about life. And I've been like <laughs> crushing the songwriting recently, and like, or at least been like super inspired and writing a ton. Um, yeah, I think I just want to—I don't know—I I definitely still want to 
travel everywhere, you know, when, whenever this is over and I can do that, I want to do that. I want to play all the biggest festivals. I feel like I'm actually better than I've ever been with, with my skill set. And uh, I want to keep on increasing upon that because I still haven't reached my, my top. I don't know what that is. And, uh, uh, yeah, I want, I just want to be amazing. I, I don't want to be anything less than like what I consider amazing and what I consider like to, like, I want to be able to take myself to the most purest, best feeling when I'm playing it by myself and in front of a crowd and I've got a long way to go. I want to make some wicked CDs or wicked albums. Um, I just want to keep doing it so bad and I want to like do it for all the right reasons and it gets tricky when you're trying to make money with it and you have other people telling you like what you need to do to oh, get for there sure. yeah, yeah because it's not just a simple fact of like if, if you're me you don't write hits naturally so then you're having people tell you how to do that and like you gotta know how to take those criticisms and whatnot and not be discouraged by them and not feel like you're in a box because of it I don't know it's a tricky thing but I just want to keep on working on all that stuff and improving in every way and then uh, uh, make my life wicked. Well, and what I was going to say real quick is I think it's such an important principle in there is when you don't know what to do, you still do something. Yeah. Right? And I love what you did had nothing to do with music, but it had everything to do with music. Yeah. You know, because it got you back on track. And so like a lot of people, they hit that and they just like maybe just stay in their apartment and just kind of like become depressed and then what they really want to do is out of reach. So just because you don't quite know what to do, just because you can't quite see the road, just because you're not in Saskatchewan, you can't see like, <laughs> you know, all the way down the road doesn't mean you should be stagnant, right? Oh, yeah. So the importance of like, okay, then I'll go climb the tallest mountain on Vancouver Island was what you chose to do. But then that that caused a positive momentum to mm -hmm. kind of keep you in the game and allow you to continue writing and grow. I think that's so important. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, it was like, I'm going to... I'm going to focus on working on myself and then the working on the craft will follow exactly. naturally. Exactly. Yeah. 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 These rules, you hear them all the time, but until you find out how to apply it to yourself, you don't even know what it is. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and like what we talk about often is, um, is that sometimes like you need those low points, like they're, they're a prerequisite for success for, mm -hmm. for reaching that next level. Like without those struggles and those dark moments, those dark nights of the soul, which probably are a good opportunity for songwriting. Mm. But uh, <laughs> yeah, without those times, we never would have the opportunity to really find ourselves and to really hit that next stride. So it, it's pretty inspiring looking back. And I mean, we're all still in the middle of COVID you're still in the middle of kind of getting that next album out and, and seeing that all to fruition. So we're, we're by no means looking back on it and, and attributing it to anything, but it's, it's a pretty cool thing knowing that that's part of the, the hero's journey is really what a, a central theme of the podcast is the hero's journey. And, and it never happens without those lowest moments. So mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a pretty cool frame, frame of reference. It's just recognizing what it is and why it is and then going with it. Awesome. Mm. It's hard to do. Oh, yeah, but you're doing it great, and I, I really appreciate everything that you've given to this conversation, and and what you do on stage, and 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 what we're what we have the opportunity to listen to from you, and and it's cool, like a local guy who's community based and and you know loves Vancouver Island, doing the the kind of work that you're doing. It's it's amazing to to witness that. I wonder if we could maybe as a, a final question. Um, I have one too. Okay, yeah, as as a, one of two final questions. Um, <laughs> For people like 
I know the public, myself included, is is missing live music, is missing that experience. Um, and, and you as an artist, I can only imagine is missing the opportunity to be in front of hundreds of people, thousands of people. Um, I wonder if, if there was any message that you might give to those people who are out there maybe feeling pain, maybe missing that, that experience. Um, message from you just a, a person to person or, or you as, as Jesse Roper, the entertainer, that they're missing. Um, what, what might you say to those people in these, these trying times? Turn off your damn phone. Go outside. Be nice to people. And uh, just don't make excuses for being uh, miserable. I mean, we live in a pretty good world at this point in time. We live in Canada. Or, or if you're not from Canada, I don't know, whatever your situation is. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> uh, it's probably not as bad as you might think it is if you're having a hard time. And if it is, well, I don't know. Just find a way to make it good because you're only, you're only living in what you create, really. And... Uh, <sighs> that's about it you know that's awesome. i don't know <laughs> and my great. my question has to do with um a 20 year 21 year old kid named anton wilson sure. who, who's an up-and-coming musician in in victoria may or may not be my uh, daughter's boyfriend <laughs> and so i'm gonna ask this on behalf of him yeah um he's at the place where he wants to give his life to his music and he, he's a talented guy he's, he's got the goods but at the same time, he's got to put food on the table and he's in that place of right. like, but I have to work. I, but when I, whenever I'm at work, all I think about is music. But right. when I'm just thinking about music, then all I'm thinking about is I got to pay for my rent and all this stuff. What advice would you give to, to this, to Anton? I mean, just keep finding a way. It's, there's, it's, everybody's got to f- put food on the table. And, you know, like if you let those problems become bigger than your dreams, then they they'll just be that but like if you just keep finding a way improving your craft like you can't just be good you got to be you know like as best as you can possibly be and try not to think about like being better than other people because it's music it's not high jump Mm. and uh Mm -hmm. you know just be as like the best you can possibly be uh perform without like thinking and uh unless it's like theatrics and you're practicing your dance moves and whatever like (laughs) that's cool you know and uh just make it amazing and people will buy into it you know Uh, people can't help it people love music and arts and and uh the day they don't the world will be over (laughs) absolutely (laughs) you know well let's let's hope good luck to the guy yeah Yeah. i hope he makes it yeah so it's it's all worth it you just got to it's got to do it. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. Uh, I think that's a great, great place to wrap. So thanks, Jesse. We, uh, we totally appreciate the time today. This is an absolute pleasure. We had a lot of laughs and uh, so much fun, man. Yeah. Thanks so much. Oh, cheers. Great. Thanks for having me. Yeah. yeah. Pleasure. And that's the episode. Thanks for listening, everybody. If you'd like to continue the conversation, you can find us at all the usual places. Obstaclecoursepodcast.com. We're very active on social media, Instagram and Facebook at Obstacle Course Podcast. And speaking of Facebook, we have a great new growing community called the Obstacle Course Community that you can join, dialogue with Andrew and I and your fellow listeners about the previous week's episode and any obstacles you're dealing with. And we do appreciate reviews, whether it's on iTunes, Google, Facebook, whatever. It helps people find the podcast. And it's nothing to do with our fragile eagles. Well... Uh, You know, we just like to hear back from great people just like yourselves. Thanks for listening, everybody. Keep pushing through those obstacles.